global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. The Bloomberg Futures Report brought to you by Interactive Brokers and CME Group. If you're looking for global futures contracts at low trading costs, look no further. Interactive Brokers is the industry leader. Learn more at interactivebrokers.com slash CME Group. The burst of bullishness that lifted U.S. stocks yesterday is fading, with index futures signaling equities will slide for a third time in four days amid renewed skepticism over global growth. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P E-mini futures down 12 points, Dow E-mini futures down 99, and Nasdaq E-mini futures down 22. The DAX in Germany is down three-tenths percent. Ten-year Treasury up 9.30 seconds, the yield 1.72 percent. NYMEX crude oil down 1% or 36 cents to 37.38 a barrel. COMEX gold is up 1.4% or $16.70 to 12.40.40 an ounce. The euro, $1.1347. The yen, 108.22. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike. Karen Moscow, thank you very much. Well, as we have been noting on this program, the forecast, consensus forecast of analysts is that during the first quarter earnings season, energy companies will report a 100% decline in profits. It is the, the bank reset month when uh, we're going to see a number of credit lines pulled and a number of energy companies will uh, probably have to either go bankrupt or get bought up. And oil prices back down in the 30s after getting into the 40s. So... That's a good time, Reed Morrison says, to be optimistic about what's happening in the industry. He is the head of the energy practice at PwC. He joins us now, Reed. Uh, you say uh, recovery has started. This is a little bit like the old uh, Warren Buffett blood in the streets, uh, darkest before the dawn kind of philosophy. When you take a look at the time it takes to bring a new well online, we're not talking about hours. We're talking about months. And when you look at the fact that in the last year, companies haven't been drilling new wells, and then the production levels have flattened out, demand continues to increase, you can just look at that inventory level that's in storage is going to be depleted, and we don't have those new wells coming online. And so that inflection point is going to cause the price to start to walk up, but it's going to be slower than historically happened. Uh, slower than historically <laughs> happened, but is it uh – is the price going to rise enough to make buying uh, shares of energy companies worthwhile? It is certainly something that we have a lot of confidence in because when you look at the, the primary thesis of buying these energy stocks, it's not so much for the exceptional growth you get from a high-tech stock. It's for the dividends. And these oil companies have done a good job of maintaining some fiscal discipline. They're able to produce the cash flows that right. the investors are expecting. So I think that's going to continue to be the case. Reed, what's different about you is not buy, hold, sell at PwC. You do fabulous work on the action behind the behavior of oil companies. You look at these beleaguered people and you say some are incremental, some are transformational, and some are going to reinvent the business. My basic tone off your research is the industry still has a lot of heavy lifting to do. Exactly. Because the... The actual muscle that exists in these companies has been focused on two primary parts. One is the drilling and exploration side, and then secondarily is the completion and production of those wells. And they really size themselves for an exceptional amount of drilling and exploration. But as the prices dropped, they haven't had the demand there. And being fiscally prudent, they pull back on those areas that they don't have the need for. And so that drilling and exploration side is getting a lot of attention right now. 
And so the heavy lifting that has to come is going to be on yeah. that side. And then, interestingly, when you get into the production side, there's a lot of nickels and dimes that are still available to be gleaned out in the process, and that takes mm-hmm. a lot of reengineering of the workflows. It takes a lot of focus, and that is what the companies are doing right now. The companies are doing that, and I don't mean you know global. I mean, let's say it's Houston in that. What will happen to the price of oil in reaction to their actions, and what will happen to the equity market of hydrocarbon stocks in reaction to their actions as they shift from incremental to transformational changes? It's going to be one of those things where they're not going to have access to as much capital to fund the drilling programs and they're going to be self-funding through that cash flow side of things. But there's going to be certainly winners and losers in that process, but those that are proving that they can readjust their portfolio, lean things out, are going to get rewarded as we look at the, the recovery that we firmly believe has started. You got uh, a note that suggests a fresh round of mergers and acquisitions is yeah. about to begin, but then you say, or not. Yeah, it's one of those things that's a little bit schizophrenic, but you can look at all different types of market, be it the housing market or whatnot. The, the bid-ask spread right now is a little bit too wide for the deals to be consummated, but as you guys were mentioning, the redetermination process that's going on right now actually has a consequence for those debt covenants that sometimes the decision-making is not necessarily in the hands of the management team, but it's a discussion between those debt holders and the management team that have very clear implications for asset sales. And that's what a lot of the, the players who are looking at this are waiting for that trigger. So that stress point is going to be a lot higher going forward. How does oil factor into that? I mean, what's the correlation of the caution you have, the caution uh, you have on oil, what is the correlation uh, that you see to that, to the price of oil? It gets into the calculus used within the redetermination process, and what they do is they take an average, they take a barrel and they look at what's the cost to produce it, say it's $30, and then they look at the last six months as the average price for that, and they look at that value or that delta, and then that becomes what is your calculation. And what has happened over the last 18 months is that last six-month calculation has had the benefit of a higher price than today's price. Now we're in the inverse. So that barrel that's in reserve is now being reclassified as a economically possible oil barrel. So now that's not an asset you can put on your books. And that delta and the calculus within that is what is happening. Yeah, Mike, I think this is just critical, uh, the, ba- the basic idea, critical uh, that we see um, uh, a calculus word used. There's a complexity here. There's a complexity here. Yeah, we'll, we'll continue the conversation with Reed Morrison and uh, dive more deeply into that in a moment. Yeah, we'll do that. Reed uh, Morrison with us with PWC uh, as Interesting, well. Interesting um, note out uh, in the Washington Post uh, just a few moments ago. Uh, Jeff Immelt really attacking Bernie Sanders. Uh, apparently, Sanders at the Daily News said that uh, GE was one of the companies that's destroying the moral fabric of America, and Mr. ML taking extraordinary exception to that. Um, I, uh, no surprise there. Many would consider Mr. ML to be CEO of the year, if not the crisis, for what he's done saving industrial GE. From New York, Bloomberg Surveillance. We are counting down to the opening bell brought to you by the Jeep Grand Cherokee, the most awarded SUV ever. The Grand Cherokee continues to raise the bar with its luxurious interior and legendary 4x4 capability. Drive one at your local Jeep dealer today.
continues. Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1200, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. Good morning, I'm Karen Moscow, along with Tom Keen and Michael McKee, and the opening bell brought to you by the University of North Carolina's Keenan Flagler Business School. Master your balance sheet with their world-class Master of Accounting, Executive Development, and MBA programs. Visit unc.edu slash business. And stocks are lower at the open. The S&P 500 down four-tenths percent or eight points to 2058. Dow Jones Industrial Average down half percent or 86 points to 17,630. The Nasdaq's down six-tenths percent or 29 points to 4891. Ten-year Treasury up 11.30 seconds. The yield 1.71 percent. Yield on the two-year 0.70 percent. NYMEX crude oil down 1.2% or 46 cents to 37.30 a barrel. COMEX gold is up 1.6% or $19.30 to 12.43 an ounce. The euro $1.1346, the yen 108.10. Tom and Mike. Uh, thanks so much. Uh, good morning, everyone. We're going to get a 107 any moment on uh, the yen as it takes a new uh, leg down. We'll get back to that in a minute. As Karen mentioned, 1.108.00. On yen, it is convex stronger, to say the least. That is a stunning retest of what we saw at 5.48 this morning. Speaking of stunning retest, David Wilson joins us as we look at the equity markets. Indeed. Let's talk about some analyst calls to start, Tom. Uh, You've got Verizon Mm -hmm. shares down 1.5%. The largest U.S. wireless company was lowered to hold from Buy at Jefferies and to the equivalent of hold from Buy at Sanford Bernstein. Now, both these firms had been recommending Verizon since at least 2014, so uh, a bit of a turnaround in their views. Twitter's down 1.5%. Projections for the social network's user growth this year and next were cut at Morgan Stanley. The firm also reduced its 12-month share price estimate by $2 to $16. And did you know Morgan Stanley is Twitter's largest shareholder with a 6.7% stake? So, uh... The firm getting hurt by its own call today. Uh, Yahoo down 1.5%. Japan's SoftBank hasn't held any formal talks with the web portal's management. According to technology website Recode, the uh, report citing unnamed people close to the situation, the New York Post reported this week that SoftBank President Nikesh Arora was in discussions with the board. Uh, eBay. Down 2.5%. The online marketplace of sales fell two-tenths of a percent in March at sites open more than a year. According to data compiled by Channel Advisor, the decline followed sales growth in February of 9.5%. Valiant Pharmaceuticals up 11.5%. The drug makers' lenders agreed to waive a default and ease some restrictions on more than $11 billion of loans. The creditors gave their consent after Valiant accepted a one percentage point increase in the interest rate on the debt. Wind Resorts up 8%. The casino owner held its first investor day in Las Vegas yesterday and discussed plans for a lakefront resort in its home city, among other things. Afterward, Telsey Advisory raised its rating to the equivalent buy from hold. We do have some earnings out. Uh, what do you got? Conagra Foods, just up three-tenths of a percent of fiscal third quarter profit and revenue, beating analyst average estimates in the Bloomberg survey. Today, we've heard from CarMax, the used car dealer. It's up one and a half percent. 
their profit and sales for the fiscal fourth quarter beat projections. And Bed Bath mm. & Beyond, up 4%. The home furnishings retailer declared its first right. quarterly dividend. 12.5 cents a share will be made in July. And uh, fiscal fourth quarter earnings and sales beat estimates. David Wilson, thank you so much. Michael McKee and Tom Keene. Mike, we got two things to talk about. Yen, but first, a lot of history tonight is four Fed chairmen meet to greet. They won't talk. I mean, I don't think Paul Volcker is going to lean over the panel and say, Chair Yellen, are you going to, you know, is it a live meeting in April? <clears throat> That's not going no. to happen, is it? <laughs> no, uh, they'll stay away probably from current monetary policy, although, you know, you could envision questions about uh, the environment and how difficult it might be to make policy now compared yeah. with other periods of time. <laughs> the one thing which will be delicate is the word measured. And I don't mean to associate that with Chairman Greenspan, but just the idea of going up in rates to a more restrictive policy or, heaven forbid, we ever get to a point where we're actually going to pull them down again, did measured work, I think, is a fascinating focus to go pre-Voker, to go, to go back further. Well, I mean, you got to remember that the Fed has changed – its method of running monetary policy over the years. I mean, initially the Fed was set up to run the discount window, uh, to discount, you know, paper Fair. presented at the Fed by banks and used the discount rate for many, many years. And Paul Volcker came to office and changed that to the money supply in part because he mm-hmm. wanted to get away. Not, <clears throat> he didn't want to have to publicize the fact right. that rates were so high. Then under Alan Greenspan, you go back to uh, a, uh, policy regime, but this time with Fed right. funds. So so many different right. changes. We have a print on the yen, 107.92 was the intraday low. Right now we're back up and it's a, a well, very It's agitated. nighttime in, <clears throat> in Tokyo, so um, be interesting to see whether the folks at the MOF are working late and want to do some right. intervention or not. I, this it reminds me, uh, Mike McKee of Mark Chandler, Brown Brothers Harriman who is very eloquent about looking at currency pairs versus that blended trade-weighted IMF-y concept. Well, it depends on what you want to find out. Do you want to, you know, do you do you want to know what the price is to exchange your currency for yen? Mm-hmm. Because you're doing business, you need to pay a loan or you're just, uh, you know, gambling, betting. Or do you want to know, if you're an exporter or importer, what your cost is going to be yeah. and how that's going to impact the overall economy? Legging stronger, just as one example of the complexities here, is yen won, which is the South Korean won as compared to uh, the Japanese <laughs> yen. And it has not made a new leg up of stronger yen uh, that occurred, let me get my cursor out here, that occurred in March earlier this year, March 3rd roughly, of this year. But we forget it's not just dollar-yen is the global litmus paper. Well, you have to remember, too, that uh, we're talking about different regions that compete in different ways. Uh, the Japanese are certainly in uh, market competition in Asia with China, with the South Koreans. And so when China moves things or changes things, Japan is one of the countries that mm-hmm. is affected, and the, the, that currency pair is going to be affected. Uh, if there's not news in the United States, right. you know, it still could move on, on China. There are two Abinomics legs, one out of the autumn of 12 up to the May or June of 13, 
and another leg August of 14 up to the beginning of 2015. We are now back to that nascent August of 14. We've basically given up much of the second leg of Abinomics. Well, the, what you want to look at is uh, the ultimate goal of Abinomics, which is to raise um, the the inflation rate. And uh, while there have been some uh, slow uh, but steady uh, efforts mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, to, so, some signs of progress, they're just not getting there uh, very yeah. fast. And, uh, and I, it's not working. I would emphasize uh, well for those of you that are not sophisticates in this market that the dollar is still range-bound. This is very much a yen story. DXY, that blended dollar index of our old trading partners, it's weaker going into this year, but nothing like what we're seeing in the yen dynamics. And you see that, again, with Euro-yen, which was 125, three surveillance cups of coffee ago, 122, that's a wow statistic, 122.75. This is really most interesting on Japan. We'll, of course, have much more on this uh, in the coming days into the weekend. All right, let's check in now with Michael Barr and get the latest world and national headlines. Mike, Tom, thank you very much. Belgian prosecutors have made a public appeal for any information leading to the capture of the so-called man-in-hat suspect that was seen at the Brussels airport suicide bombings. Photos released by prosecutors show the suspect leaving the airport on foot. Belgian federal prosecutor Eric van der Seidt says authorities are asking anyone who might have taken pictures of the man on the March 22nd attacks to come forward with information. The airport suicide bombings killed 16 people. Secretary of State John Kerry is in Bahrain. Kerry is meeting with Middle East leaders to discuss several issues, including the civil war in Yemen. We're trying very, very hard to get a ceasefire in Yemen. We're working hard to try to end that war. Meanwhile, Kerry has broken the record for the most traveled Secretary of State in U.S. history. Kerry has traveled at least 1.06 million miles as Secretary of State passing Condoleezza Rice. France and Germany are holding a joint government meeting today to discuss, among other things, the refugee crisis. French President Francois Hollande and German Chancellor Angela Merkel are attending the meeting in eastern France. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus from around the world. I'm Michael Barr. What's great about that is he tried to book two business class tickets to Rome with his frequent flyer miles, and he got crushed. They said, I'm sorry, Mr. Secretary, there are no seats. I mean, that's the way it is for me. I mean, I mean, what are you doing? You just you can't use the miles anymore for what you want to use them for. Good morning, Secretary Kerry. Bloomberg Surveillance. Coming up, we're going to check in with Bloomberg Reserve Editor Peter Elliott. It's time for us to get some dining advice. No wonder everybody is hanging out at the food court upstairs. <laughs> 